0: I think everyone probably knows of mm-hmm. uh Luke and most of you have heard him speak before but um just to say by way of an introduction um he he is of course Professor Luke Clements an professor at law at Cardiff School of Law and and seen by many as the country's foremost community care lawyer and uh fortunately for us he's a great champion and advocate for carers and uh Luke was one of the um keynote speakers at a conference that carers UK organized in November um called caring about Equality, um and uh, so so we we've sort of be reviewing some of the materials that were put to that conference and um also, perhaps hearing about latest developments. So, Luke, I, I wonder if if you could perhaps um, say something about, you know, how how this um, the path, where, where we've got to with this thing before <coughs> pass a little bit about the background to it. Okay, John. Um, well, hello everybody. Um,
1: Hi. I, I, good I, good I,
2: morning. I,
0: I
3: haven't done one of these uh, mega things before, so I, I, I'll probably break all the rules. Um, what I was, I was thinking might be quite useful I don't know how many people were at this um, event that, that John's just referred to but he, um, Emily Holtzhausen and I wrote um, uh, a sort of briefing paper for it which I think you all had a copy called Equality Bill and Carers and that was very much what I was saying on the day Um Uh, And before I went into the detail of what the Equality Bill could do uh, and the sort of technical stuff in it, I think that that in the paper we we, we raised a couple of points or more. The first was that in a way the Equality Bill and the recognition, the limited recognition that carers get in it, should be seen as a sort of inevitable step in the long road of carers' In their struggle to be seen as right holders, to have actual rights, not to be discriminated as a carer, we're not there yet, because they only have, in a way, the right vicariously, um, because they they don't have um, the right not to be discriminated unless you can show some impact is having that is having on the disabled person. Uh, but it but this is a, an important step and. Um, we should, I think, in a way, argue it not as as anything other than something that carers have had to fight for, um, because uh, when we drafted the 2004 carers Equality Bill, we tried to have indirect discrimination imposed, and the government refused that. Um, And it was only because of the Coleman and, 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 and the Attridge Law case that the European Court of Human Rights then said, well, no, this must be right. So... This is something that's been fought for, was inevitable because of the struggle, um, and uh, it's not enough. The other point is that, which I say, I, we say on the sort of second page, is there are two problems. First of all, equality legislation in itself hasn't got a very good track record in um, improving the lot of a, a dispossessed minority in terms of tackling equality, curiously, so that um, black people or disabled people, even though there's been equality legislation in the States for for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, it hasn't materially made a great deal of difference to them, the the non-discrimination stuff, in terms of um, rising up the social ladder in in not having poorer health uh, and poverty outcomes. So that we shouldn't sort of say, oh, that's wonderful, we've got a quality legislation, you don't need to do anything else on pensions or proper carers' benefits. Because, in fact, the evidence seems to suggest that it's tackling issues like that that can make more impact. The other point um, is that there are other things the government are doing that it seems to me are taking us quite a long way backwards. Uh, and and, and I've often said, and I think a number of us have said, is that sometimes the government gets it and sometimes it doesn't. So it will bring in equality legislation, largely because it's got to because the European Court of Justice has said it must. But on the other hand, it's ploughing ahead with personalisation and some of the aspects of personalisation are very worrying because they are seeming to do away with um, separate carers' assessments they're seeming to do away with an assessment in private. They're seeming to do away with the right of carers to say they don't want to care. Um, uh, as, uh, uh, and we refer to that in a paper and in a separate paper on personalization and carers, which we've all three written as well, about that problem. That if you look at the personal care at home bill, that also has some very worrying aspects about the way um, it's looking at carers' assessments. Um the great joy of this is that the personal care at home bill looks like it's never going to get royal assent but um we have these conflicting forces so should i pause there um john
0: yes yes i mean we can take people's comments I, i i think um what luke says about um equality's legislation not being a panacea of course is Absolutely correct. We need to follow up on all these other things and uh, avoid the old two-steps-forward-and-two-steps-back syndrome. Has, has anyone got any questions for Luke at this point before we proceed?
1: It's an observation, really, because I've been following the, the passage of this um, bill and all the, um, the the sort of guidance stuff that's coming out from it, so it's already out there. And there's no mention of carers in, in anything I've read, in equality impact assessments or anything Harriet Harman has published about, um, uh, you know, strategic duties um, for um, authorities. There's nothing in there, inequalities and carers. Um, is this sort of like a Trojan horse? Do you think that it'll, it could get through Parliament and then it'll kind of whack everybody that uh, actually this does mean something for carers?
0: Um what would you say to that, Luke? What would you
3: Janice, Um you, you were referring you were referring to the equality bill when you Yes. Um Well I mean there is this the, there isn't anything on the face of the bill that talks about carers, but there is some stuff in the quality uh, the, the memorandum, and and one of the things I was going to be saying at the end is that we've just seen two codes of practice, draft codes of practice, published. I don't see if you've seen those. Yes,
1: I have seen some of them. Yeah,
3: and the one on employment and the one on services do mention carers, but they right. only mention them three or four times in each of the, the 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 them. And I think that one of the things, I mean, because they're out for consultation, the Quality and Human Rights Commission have. Um, uh, have issued them and and we could have a quick look i mean i imagine a lot of you will be maybe online anyway um we 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 i think we need to 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 refer back and say look we need many more examples of carers because you're quite right they 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 look pretty invisible in this legislation Mm. and the government um as you probably know and i'll sort of be mentioning this is that the the bill is controversial most of the, the government's bills have got royal assent this one hasn't because it's contested because the tories don't like aspects of it but what the tories have said is that if it if this bill falls uh well you no, know, if this bill does get royal assent they will implement it mm-hmm. if however this royal the, the, this bill doesn't get royal assent they will reintroduce it but they will where well, they will lop certain bits off it politically correct bits they say but they would not remove the carer stuff.
1: Right.
3: So, um well most of the carer stuff. They would they would get rid of the first provision on social economic policies Um so so I don't know why the government has been as you as you say, sort of almost silent um are, are on the carers bit. And I, maybe they don't want to frighten the horses,
0: the the the, 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 mm. the employers it may be I think it's also um, a matter of awareness of some of the people who are involved and I think we do have to do a lot of work to make this stuff real but um, one thing that was encouraging was that um, I saw a um, powerpoint of a presentation that uh, ADAS had been using with regional people about what, what have you got to do for the act and they, one of the things they flagged was the need to include carers in equality impact assessments, which will be mm-hmm. something we'll come onto a bit later. That's great. Um I wonder, Luke, yes. if you, you'd, you'd, in the paper you'd um, commented about um, ha- the, the sort of progress of carers from being seen as uh, simply a resource to people in their own right. I wonder if you wanted to just say a little bit about that background.
3: In the paper, I mean, it's something I, that we refer to quite a lot, but um, in the paper we, we, we sort of try and chart um, the sort of incremental progress that carers have made over the last 20 years. And we used um, a, a, a scale that, that, that Julia Twig and Carly Atkin um, propounded in, 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 well, 25, what is it, 1994, is that 15 years ago? (laughs) Yes, it is. Um, 15 years ago about care, as John has said, being seen as a resource, then being things that you need to support so that um, they can sustain their caring role. Um, And then um, moving to them as being rights holders in the sense that, that they are people that have a right to support in their own right and then trying to move to a situation where they are seen as um sort of almost dispensed with. Um and they call the superseded carer model. So at the basic level you have this idea that carers um are just there, they're valuable but you need to really make no special effort for them. At stage one. I mean, I was doing this discussion the, uh, the other day with somebody and they said, no, you're wrong. There is a sort of there is there is a minus one stage um, with mental health, particularly where the carers are actually seen as the problem. Uh, mm. uh, 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 and I think that's quite right, because it, when we look at the sort of statistics on the impact we're making for carers, we, we get the view that, in fact, um in mental health they're making hardly any progress at all, although there are these specific initiatives that, that, that there's still a problem there. So maybe we should we should sort of produce a more refined scale and say, yes, there was a minus one scale and there still may be with mental health, where they're seen not as a resource but as a problem. But we then move up that scale and, and, and we look at what we did is we looked at the legislation and we said the Carers Recognition Services Act was very much a level two where the the carer was being used was seen as something you have to do something about because you want to sustain that role and and, and i use the analogy of the pit ponies that you, you you know you 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 give them good conditions and you feed them but only because you want them to carry dragging the coal, continue dragging dragging the coal out not because you're concerned about them in their own right the third stage which is probably where we were with um the carers the Disabled Children's Act is giving them rights themselves, that they are actually people that are supported in their own right. Uh, That's because, as we're saying, many carers are more socially excluded than the people that they care for. Many disabled people um, live fairly successful lives, uh, but only because there's a carer in the background um, really being crushed. And I think that's very true with... um, disabled children um, who are going to the university and things like that. I see a lot of them, and they do brilliantly. But you look at their parents, and they're absolute wrecks. You know, very proud wrecks, but, but wrecks. So that, that you need to support people because they're socially excluded, because they are having difficulty, rather than because they have a label of being disabled. So we, we get there. And the fourth stage is the superseded care model, where you, you, you provide such good packages that you don't need carers I mean, of course carers can do it but the presumption is the state does it we're, we're there in education we're, we're there in the nhs we don't in educational <clears throat> health expect you to have your family do the education or the, the surgery but still in social care we're, we're there is this sort of presumption so we're moving that way and we've got and i think we are moving towards the fact that social services uh, and and local authorities have core responsibilities towards carers, regardless of whether they are also engaged with the disabled person. That's what we've done with the carers' legislation, but there are some very troubling things that are happening in personalisation, and actually I have just remembered something else, because I was at a conference yesterday on adult care reform, Um, and there are some worrying things happening in relation to law reform, where we're almost forgetting the gains we've made, um, hard fought over the last uh, 20 years in relation to, to care services. So, so, so we, we were in a way charting this as an inevitable development. The Carer's Equal Opportunities Bill had a lot of things in it which the government removed so that the Act is actually a bit of a paper tiger, um, but those flagged up the need for equality legislation or non-discrimination legislation. It, it flagged up obligations on people like the NHS to address the needs of carers, not just social services. And, and the Equality Bill does do those things. Um, and so it's it's another stage. In, in,
0: in but it seems to me we're still at an early stage of a pretty long journey. Okay. There are <coughs> any questions or <coughs> comments at this point?
4: It, it's a comment, really, for maybe um, for Luke and, and others to, to comment back on. Really, um, I think the way Luke's explained that the progress of, the, of, of rights for carers over the last 15 years, um, you know, we can see, can see the progression as, as Twig and Atkin talks about it in terms of you know moving towards the superseded carer model. But I feel that almost the legislation has moved has moved. Um, the way we perceive the rights of carers, further than actually has happened in practice, that although the legislation is there, that, that the processes and the procedures and, and, and the views, the way carers are viewed, have not necessarily moved in tandem with that. Um, Agreed. And that's what we've got to work. Well, that's what we've got to work for. And the same obviously will apply in the Equalities Bill. That there it will be carers will have these rights in legislation but actually we've still got to work really hard to make sure that the processes that ensure those rights are actually exercised mm. and are achieved really and that's that's the challenge i think
0: i'm sure that that's um that's true and um if you look at local level just as with government you know sometimes organizations get it as they put it, and sometimes they don't and um there is an awful lot of work to do and um but this this, le- this legislation will provide us with yeah. an additional lever to to make progress mm-hmm. with that. Is all is all I'd say to that.
4: Yeah. No, no, and no, I agree. I mean, I think that that's what's really important about it. Going back to the discussions right at the beginning, that you know, legislation may not necessarily move everything forward, but unless you have that actually underpinning le- legislation, then you'll never move forward in mm-hmm. some ways. You know, you've got to have that legal recognition in order to be able to move forward and and, and to keep referring back to that because that's the bit Mm. you know where you're waving your banner and saying that we have these legal rights
1: and not just referring back to it actually using it you know using it i mean that's how um, disabled people really got their rights was when um they decided to to act on the legislation and actually start suing (laughs) let's face it that's what it's there for as well
0: Would it be helpful, perhaps, um, if um, Luke, if if you could perhaps um, go through something from the paper? I mean, you outlined the main provisions of the the bill that uh, may have an impact on carers. I think that was um, particularly on pages four and five of, of, from four four onwards of of the paper. Can I
1: just ask something as well
0: before that happens?
1: Um, I just wanted to ask Luke really if he could say a a little bit more about what was worrying, what appears worrying within the personalisation moves.
3: What appears worrying, yeah. Um, I was going to um, probably look at that in more detail at the end.
1: Fine, that's um, fine.
3: But just two things. First of all, the, the, the discussion before that, um, I just think that's such so hugely important that that we have made these legislative gains, but they don't really appear to have impacted in practice. Mm. That in a way the law has gone a long way ahead of what is happening on the ground. Uh and and, and I feel that particularly, um, because I do work in Wales and it's just extraordinary in Wales. They've just, um, they have never issued guidance on the 2004 Equal Opportunities Act, um, even though, of course, Hal Francis is, is the Welsh MP. And, um, and as you know, that, that one of the main things that does is to say that social services must tell carers of their rights to an assessment. I was at a conference last week, and we hosted one at the law school in Cardiff. Um, and um, a very good colleague of mine, um, were, were, you know, was saying, "Well, look, you know, it's going to be good in Wales because we've got this what thing called a legislative competence order. The the assembly is allowed to make primary legislation now, in it <clears throat> if it goes through certain hoops. And the first thing that they're going to do uh, is to make it a duty on social services to tell people." that they have a right to an assessment um, under Welsh law. Um, well, you know, pardon me, but that was law um, four years ago, uh, and we're now going to create a new law which just duplicates what is already there. Um, and so you have this difficult problem that people just don't take any notice of the law. Uh, and you therefore say, and uh, uh, but I think one of you have, I think it was Janice sort of eloquently ar- answered that, is that, of course, law is important because ultimately we could go to court. But I think this accumulation of, of, of law changes, just does change culture, you know, approaches. Um, but it probably takes 20 or 30 years. And, and, and hopefully by having an act that has a care component every five or four, Four or five years enables your work as Kira's lead to 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 always be at the forefront of local policy by saying, look, we've got now to have impact. That's we've got to do. We've got to do that. We've got to do that. Um, and and maybe there's this sort of Chinese water talk or whatever it's called. Is that the accumulation of this stuff eventually does change the culture, which is in a way more important than just going through some inane practices. Um, and as I say, I will come back to the personalization, because I think we do need to look at that quite a lot. Um, I'm obviously slightly critical of, uh, of, of the way it's being implemented. Um, and I think that my main concern, I just sort of flag it up, is um, in these self-assessment forms that are being sent out. But I think there are also worrying issues. And I don't think local authorities, when they do that, think here at all. Um, And I don't think the government in its um, uh, personal care at home's bill is thinking carers at all. And I think actually, I'm slightly worried, having heard yesterday from the Law Commission, that that the Law Commission isn't really getting carers at all either, or the dangers, (laughs) because advancing the rights of disabled people should normally advance the rights of carers, but but, but sometimes... um, one has to be very careful about the way, but one has to think care when one's doing that. Okay.
0: Yeah, we'll co- we'll come back perhaps towards yeah. the end about the um, equalities thing. And yeah. as Luke's hmm. mentioned, there is a. Detailed
2: paper. Um, I just, I just um, one concern I wanted to raise, in line with the whole personalisation, but also coming back to sort of how we pick up and and sort of entrench the legal frameworks in terms of ethos and how we you know, design services and 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 practice basically. One of the overarching concerns that I have in terms of good practice and and taking that forward is just we don't talk. I don't think we're talking enough about the implications on staffing time and and in order to be able to manage the complexities of coordinating service user and carer need, responding appropriately at the appropriate time and within the appropriate time scales, because I don't think carers sort of um, time, you know, start to end process follows the same Same line as as um, service users because of the the dependency on the carer and and you know um, and the effects of provision to the service user having an impact on carer and that sort of thing and I just it just feels like we one of the things that compromise the ability to to really entrench everything we need to be in practice is not you know not being resourced enough or not really focusing in on have we got enough resources in order to. Deliver the service in an effective way.
1: But surely that's why it's so important that in the strategic planning, that the um, the care care and equalities agenda is properly understood, Absolutely. so that then it's not up to local um, teams to have to um, argue for time, um, yeah. you know, to give carers a proper deal and equalities of, of opportunity. It's for their, the masters. It's for all of our. You know, we're all. Um, uh, citizens in this in our county, and it's up to the county councils, to the members, to make sure that that um, the teams are properly equipped in order to meet the requirements of the law.
2: Absolutely, and I think we need to be making that representation very strongly, so yeah. that we do get the the resource that we need.
0: So. Speaking of the act and the well, the bill. I mean, I wonder if we can ask Luke perhaps, if 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 he wouldn't mind running through the provisions of the legislation itself, which are, are um, relevant. All right, John.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: okay. Well, well, it seems to me there are four aspects to the bill
3: that 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 are of uh, relevance to carers, um, and as John has said, those are on pages <coughs> four, five, and six, I think, of the 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 paper. Um, the, the the first one, and it's the one I think that that in fact will prove to be the least relevance is clause one at the moment um, has a provision that um, what's called socio-economic um, discrimination. Um, I mean, what we, what I, what 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 I think disability discrimination lawyers would say, or discrimination lawyers would say, is that that the categories of people who who are rights holders in the equality legislation is not a closed one um you know we started off with race uh, uh, and then we have sex discrimination or we have it the other way around um and then we add disability um and now recently we've added age sexual orientation and religion um but that is not a closed category, and carers, I think, are inevitably going to be the seventh strand, and I think we have to keep saying that always, that, that effectively we have to say the Equality Act uh, makes carers the seventh strand. It, it doesn't quite, but it, it's, I think once we go through the law, it's so complicated to know exactly the status carers will get that it's going to be easier to give them that status than to 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 to, to try and guess where the, where the courts will go because they clearly have got some rights um, and those are significant rights they're not total rights but you might as well give them those total rights um, in in all your policy making the so carers are in a way I would say the seventh obvious mm-hmm. strand. There are other people that shouldn't, um, as Wright told us, be discriminated against. And I think um, former prisoners probably is going to be one fairly as well. But the other category that is, that is inevitably going to happen is poor people. Um, as social exclusion and the huge inequalities in society come about, poverty, uh, people are discriminated on grounds of poverty. They have much worse Accesses to, to 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 health services and, and, and other things, and so section one, or if it if it ever becomes section one, at the moment it's clause one of the equality bill, um, places a, 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 a strategic planning obligation on local authorities and health bodies and other um, what they would call strategic authorities when they are making major developments to consider the impact of those developments on poor people. Now, of course, carers are um, poor uh, than uh, non-carers in gross statistical terms, and therefore you would say that in strategic planning, the socioeconomic obligation would um, clearly have some impact on carers. The reason I, I think that this in itself isn't going to be very important is, A, it's hotly contested. The Tories don't like this. Uh, and I think it's sacrificial in the sense that I think the government may have to drop it um, in order to save the bill, or the government may let it may may go to the wall on it as a political point to say that Tories aren't interested in um, tackling inequality. They they, they they you know so it may become a political uh, football. But in real terms, the, the duty in this is so weak because it's not. Um, generally, when you're doing any policy, it's only strategic, large-scale policies like right, reorganisations, and then it would be to have in mind the impact on on, on on it. So it's a posturing point. It's important because it is the forerunner of many things to come. I think in the next 20, 30 years, the issue of inequality will become the major policy direction on, on European countries because the countries that have the most inequality have the most in worst outcomes in terms of you know uh, social uh, issues like um health and uh teenage pregnancies and mental health and prison populations and things like that so um i'm not I, it'd be interesting if anybody has any comments on clause 1 um even if it survives i can't see it's going to be a big deal
0: No, I, I, I quite agree. Um, I think the other clauses are much more interesting, really, for in, in, in real terms.
1: Okay.
3: So I, 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 I interpret that silence as agreement.
1: <laughs> as long as that doesn't mean, uh, um Am I right in thinking that it's only strategic... Um, planning in relation to socio-economic issues, not other things. No, 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 it would be strategic
3: um, planning in relation to anything. Ah, right. Um, mm.
1: uh, so, so the sort of things that I was saying is that um, that carers need to be considered in any strategic planning, then yes. that could likely to fall, which w- would be a bad thing.
3: No, no, I don't think so, because um, the, 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 there are as you know, at the moment there's um, you have to do Um, a disability impact assessment, uh, a race impact assessment, and so on, when you're really formulating any policies. And that's a separate part of the bill. Um, So, uh, and I think that will be tremendously useful for carers because of associative discrimination and indirect discrimination. Whenever you're implementing anything, and I'm going to come on to this, this is one of the four major changes, you will have to do a disability impact assessment. And and, and by virtue of that, you'll have to do a carer's impact assessment. So that will be great. Um, And that won't be for macro-strategic policies. It'll be for everything. Um,
1: Sorry, but Luke, can I just mention that um, um, at the moment you've got, let's take the carer's um, money, for example, which was uh, devolved to primary care trusts. And then the local um, PCTs determined not to use it on carers, but they were allowed to do so, A, because it wasn't ring-fenced, and B, because they could um, have a local opinion and decision about it. And at the same time, the NHS puts carers so low on its um, um, uh, NHS uh, priorities that uh, they don't feature in major planning. So, for me, I think that's a sad thing that that would be lost yes
3: no no i don't th- you mm-hmm. see, I think that that will be captured by the act right. but but not in clause one, which is to do with the um, impact of a policy on um, poor people hmm. but but in, in in the clause that deals with the um, duty whenever you do any policy to see whether it has a, an adverse impact on disabled people, racial groups, age groups, and so on. Um, and I think that's more likely to, to to impact. The courts will, that's a much stronger duty. Right. So so if I, as a PCT, decide not to do this, uh, as, you know, outrageously so many have done, and the government seems to be quite happy to, to, to give that money, I'm amazed that they have, um, uh, and allow them not to do anything about carers. Um, then you could challenge them and say, when you decided not to do this, that was a policy decision. You decided that not to use it for the purposes for which you were given it. That was a policy decision. Um, When you took that decision, did you assess its adverse impact on disabled people and carers? And the answer will be no, they didn't even think about it. I've got it. uh, (laughs) And you can say, well, therefore that's unlawful, because you you, you had to apply your mind to that, and you never did. Uh, So that will be saved. It's just this general, um, you know, motherhood and apple pie obligation at the beginning to think about poor people. Um, It's interesting because I think it it portends things in the future. But in itself, I think it's, um, well, legally it's going to be pretty useless. You might be able to use it in your... Uh, Briefing uh, uh, and your policy Mm -hmm. papers saying, look, this is inevitably going to have an adverse impact on carers because carers are overrepresented in the cohorts of poor people, be a problem.